Curses are no picnic. I think we can all agree on that. But in what situation is a curse somewhat justified? Imagine this scenario. You're an elderly woman nearing the end of her life, and the bank seeks to repossess your home that you've lived in for 30 years. You go to the bank and speak to a loan officer, but she denies your loan in order to earn points with her boss for a management position. You're a proud woman, and you drop to your knees and beg her to help you. She refuses yet again, having shamed you in front of witnesses. Answer me this. Does the loan officer have it coming? (laughs) In today's episode, we'll try to answer this question and more as we dig into Sam Raimi's 2009 horror cult classic, Drag Me to Hell. I'm Connor Zagari. And Austin Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday, lovely listeners. You are, of course, listening to Filmgasm, our 29th episode, to be exact. Drag Me to Hell, a film not a lot of mainstream moviegoers remember, I would say. But definitely one well worth a watch. Super creepy, way scarier than I remembered. Next week, going to be our sixth Weird Shit Wednesday. And we'll Crazy. Look, yeah, six. six. <laughs> and we'll look into the legacy of the Joker, Batman's arch nemesis, who will be portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix in the upcoming film Joker. Every actor who's played the Joker has brought something unique to the table and will analyze those performances, live action and animated, to try and decipher what it means to play the clown prince of crime. Very much looking forward to that. Cannot wait, yeah. No rewind this week, regrettably. Nothing of note happening in the world of Filmgasm's past. But we'll keep looking for next week. So let's get right into it. Drag me to hell. Uh, how long has it been since you saw this? <laughs> since it came out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Ten years. Ten years. And isn't years. that weird? That I, we were in, you know, seventh, eighth grade and this came out. Yeah. Haven't seen that since, you know, so my perspective then was just so much different than it is now. And this movie is fucking scary. It really <laughs> is. Yeah. I did not, for a PG-13 horror movie from Sam Raimi... I was expecting it to be good. I was not expecting it to be scary. I will say, this time around, I, w- I did watch the unrated one. Me too. Yeah. But I actually wanted to point is that it, out. Is it the same? I, I noticed on the back cover, the unrated... It's the same the, time. It's the same amount of time. Yeah, it's hour, hour 39. 39. So yeah. what yeah, yeah. is different? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> I, I don't I don't recall 10 years ago what yeah, you know, I saw in theaters. So I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember what the differences are, but I, I watched the unrated just just to be like, yeah, just of to course. make sure. Yeah. You're gonna want to watch the best possible version of <laughs> yeah. anything. Especially with Sam Raimi. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see the unrated, so of course. And this is the guy, you know, for everyone, you know, who's listening. This is the guy who made the Spider Mans, the three Toby Maguire Spider Mans yeah. back in the early two thousands. But he is a you know, of course a name a name uh, in horror that everybody knows. Oh hell yeah. And we but but in the mainstream that. I'd say Spider Man is his, you know. Yeah, so most people know him as the those guy three, who made those three movies combined for over a billion dollars. So yeah. That, yeah, he became a big deal after that. They were the first major like majorly profitable superhero movies. Yeah, yeah, it really you know, you can really thank those movies for all the great stuff we've got in the past, you know, few years for Marvel. So. On the other hand, if those had failed miserably, maybe we wouldn't be dealing with the Sony issue right now. <laughs> for sure, for sure. There's pros and cons to every scenario. Definitely, uh. definitely. <laughs> so, Drag Me to Hell was released in 2009, has an IMDb score of 6.5, and a Rotten Tomato score of 92%. <laughs> I agree with that. I think 6.5 is low. 6.5 is, yeah, it's a weak... I would say for IMDb, at least like 7.3. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have to be above a 7.5, but yeah, you can go right I get there. what they want, you know? Yeah. Because it, it, it is, it is, it's not a, it's not a, I don't know what word to use. I mean, I love it, but it, it isn't this big, giant production or anything. It's no, not. it's actually quite uh, on a budget. Yeah, and the, the actors are, you know, the, you know, you got Justin Long headlining, so. There's not, you know, there's not a bunch of stars in it or anything, so... No. This is very much like something he just really wanted to do. Yeah, but the 92% is more like, no, if you really, really just watch the movie for what it is, which is what we're here to do, what yeah. we're here to explain to you that you should go watch this movie, <laughs> is, you know, is that, that 92 is awesome. I don't know if I'd say 92, but I love that <laughs> score, that's great. I'd probably give it around an 8 from, you know, 80 for myself, but, yeah, it's, it's a great film. <laughs> It was directed by Sam Raimi, of course, iconic genre film director known mostly in the horror community as the creator of the Evil Dead franchise. Oh, yeah. 
future podcast that I am saving for a truly special occasion. Yeah, we don't. Even, uh, that's like that's almost something you don't want to touch because it's too so clean. Oh, it's just like on our shelf and we're waiting to to, to pull it off. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, we'll save that. There'll be, be a special day. <laughs> 1981's The Evil Dead, 1987's Evil Dead 2, and 1992's Army of Darkness, a flawless horror trilogy that put Sam Raimi and his muse and best friend Bruce Campbell on the map. Hell yeah. Aside from those, Raimi has also directed 1990's Darkman, 1995's The Quick and the Dead, 1998's A Simple Plan, 2013's Oz the Great and Powerful, and, of course, the original Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire that ran from 2002 to 2007. He's also good friends with Joel and Ethan Cohen, as you might remember from our last Weird Shit Wednesday. And he co-wrote The Hudsucker Proxy, as well as directed the piece of cinematic garbage that was Crime Wave. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're not all good. But, Take what you will from that. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, have you seen Simple Plan? I have not. It's been oh on my, my list God. for years. It is, it's, it's on something right now. Hulu or Prime yeah. or something. I know you're a massive Billy Bob fan. Massive. But yeah. uh, the thing that's crazy about this movie is it was re- it was recommended to me at the CD exchange here in San Antonio. And the guy said, he said, he's like, I know Raimi and, you know, the Coens, they have their thing. He's like, a simple plan is the most Cohen that Raimi has ever done. Ooh. He's like, and it's, he's like, you would think that the Coens directed this movie, that the simple plan has that kind of dark, edgy vibe. So, yeah. I, ah. It's a lot of fun, and yeah, it's one of my favorites that he's done for sure. You're yeah. gonna, you're gonna adore I, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I will. I should own it. I wish I could let you borrow it. I should own it. But have you seen the Quick and the Dead? I have not. That's no. a fucking awesome yeah, movie. So we both, we both have one we need to see. Yeah, we both. That's and I do have access to that. So Fuck if you want to yeah. borrow that, perfect. Fucking awesome western. Gene Hackman, Leonardo DiCaprio. I think Russell Crowe. You don't need to say any more. Yeah, like fucking, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good shit. So Raimi and his brother Ivan wrote the screenplay for this movie ten years before the film went into production. It was supposed to be a morality tale about a person who wanted to be good, but did something out of greed and paid the price for it. You know, that old chestnut. It drew a lot of inspiration from the 1957 British horror flick Night of the Demon, notably the appearance of the demon and the three-day curse. Raimi wanted the film to be PG-13 and not driven by just gore alone. He wanted it to be scary. And I think he fucking accomplished that. Yes. He'd intended to make the film after Army of Darkness, but then he got attached to Spider-Man, and that turned it into a three-film, decade-long commitment. Yeah. He offered the film to Edgar Wright to direct, but he turned it down to do Hot Fuzz. Thank God. <laughs> One of my favorite movies. Yeah, I love Hot Fuzz is great. <laughs> that deserves a filmgasm. Oh, absolutely. We will definitely do the Cornettos down the road. Yeah, hell yeah. Eventually, Raimi was able to make the film himself, and it worked out for everyone, I think. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, the cast... The film stars Allison Lohman as Christine Brown, a loan officer who's cursed with impending death. She has also appeared in 2005's Matchstick Men, alongside Nicolas Cage and Sam Rockwell. One of, one of those random <laughs> ones I love. Yeah. But uh, honestly, Drag Me to Hell appears to be her most notable performance. Yeah, she really not, hasn't yeah. done much. No, especially since then. Oh, no. Yeah, which is, which is strange. She has a great, um, I don't think she's a great actress, but she has a great horror face. Uh, she and... could easily be a scream queen. She just, yeah, yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. I don't know. Justin Long plays Clay, Christine's skeptic boyfriend. And Long has been in a ton of films. King of King of the mid-2000s. Oh, yeah. Here's just a few. Dodgeball, Idiocracy, Live Free or Die Hard, Accepted, Tusk, and Jeepers Creepers. You know, if you want to go full horror, Classic. that was his big yeah. one. And he's also the voice of Kevin Murphy on Netflix's F is for Family. If anybody watches that, I fucking love that show. <laughs> Me too. Bill Burr and him have a great... I'll put you through that fucking wall! Just, <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> yeah, Bill Burr and Len Long are like, they're my favorite part of that show. Yeah, uh, Accepted is like so big for my... I, I watched that movie so many times. That was for me, for like a lot of people, the generation before, like American Pie, mm-hmm. and I yeah. accepted it was for me because I was, you know, I was like twelve, thirteen when it was, when it was around, and yeah. that was, you know, I saw Superbad and that, you know, so Jonah Hill was the king too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Justin Long, uh, I thought he was gonna have a different career than he's had. I what what yeah? Where has he been? You know, like what? <laughs> I don't know. That's a what very good. He, question. What does he do the, the past few years? I, you know, if we look at IMDb, they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But what has he really done? I don't know. I feel like I feel like that Tusk, really. That was like what, 12, 13? 14. 14? Yeah. 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 I, I like that movie a lot. Fucking great. One of the weirdest movies I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, but I but good. But besides that, I don't really, you know. 
I will always like Idiocracy is oh, my favorite role I of his. Love just Idiocracy. The fucking idiot doctor. Sub Scrote. Have you have you seen <laughs> my favorite my favorite role he's ever done? It's like really biased. Is uh, Sasquatch Gang? Have you ever seen Sasquatch? Gang? No. What's that? Oh boy. Sasquatch Gang is a movie of bunch bunch of no names except for him. He's uh, this like loser with a mullet and wears like a wife beater the whole in jeans and he's like you know living in this house and these people are you know they're about the IRS is about to take money from him <laughs> is about to take money from him and he uh, you know is like going to lose his car and all this and it's just it's just like a really silly comedy about him but he like does this voice like freaking look at these nerds over here like he, the whole time <laughs> you know if there's anyone out there who's listening who's seen Sasquatch King that's awesome because I, I don't really know many other people besides me and my brother <laughs> who have seen it but it's a gem you, you would you would you would die laughing if you saw that. So. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I, I want to check this you'll out. T- you'll have to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Point being, he was he was the king for a little while. Yeah, everybody like especially people our age, like younger people uh, during you know like 2009, 2010, we loved Justin Long. Like he was all over the place doing all sorts of different kinds of roles. He'd appear like in random comedies and horror. So yeah, I, I really miss him. <laughs> yeah, I really do. <laughs> like to know what he's up to. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Justin Long, if you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a yeah, shoot us shoot us an email or something. Huh? Uh, <laughs> come come be on the pod. We can only yeah, we can only hope. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, Lorna Raver plays Sylvia Gun- uh, Ganoush, mm-hmm. the old gypsy woman who curses Christine and then dies shortly after, almost despite her, <laughs> which I fucking love. Raver is a stage actress who has mostly appeared in bit parts on various TV shows, including Weeds, CSI, Boston Legal. The Young and the Restless, Bones, Desperate Housewives, Cold Case, NYPD Blue, Gilmore Girls, and many more. And she's not actually Hungarian. She's from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Just thought you should know. Oh, man. But that's a lot of TV roles for her. Like, good she's found a niche. Ganoush. Uh, Dileep Rao plays Ram Joss, a medium who helps Christine try to banish the demon. You may know Rao from his roles in Avatar and Inception. But that's kind of it for him. He really He's really going to play the same kind of guy always. Yeah. He, it's yeah. Wise Indian guy. Yeah, who's like a doctor or yeah, sci- some sort of scientist <laughs> who knows who knows like way more than everybody else in the movie. <laughs> and Inception, he like yeah, he's like huge for that movie and likewise for this one. So <laughs> Weird. Avatar. <ugh>. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to eventually, I think we mentioned that a couple of times. We're going to have to explain that one day do an Avatar bonus just to cl- clear the air on that shit. Why we both hate it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> We've yet to do a really, like, negative podcast. That'd be nice. Yeah, the only... <laughs> yeah, again, the only time is, like... I It was Midsommar, but I still liked it. So yeah. it was, like, not a mutual, like, fuck yeah. that! <laughs> We've yet to really, like, heckle a movie. Yeah, we. I guess we'd only do that in some of the Weird Shit Wednesdays over, like, John Wayne movies. Or We've done that a few... Yeah. A few Polanski movies. Mm-hmm. I remember we've we never spent, like, the full hour no, just shitting no. on a movie. You guys want that? Come on! Let's do it. <laughs> we, we're gonna do that shit anyway, because that we'll sounds do it like to, a lot of We'll fun. do it to Avatar, because there's probably some of you who like it. <laughs> and that'll be fun, just to, you know, grind some gears. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh, Oscar nominee David Paymer plays Mr. Jax, Christine's manipulative boss, who I don't think ever really planned on giving her the job in the first place. <laughs> no. Paymer was nominated for his performance in 1992's Mr. Saturday Night. He's a character actor who's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. He's one of those guys. That guy. He's all over the place. David don't, don't. A lot of people don't know his name, but yeah. I remembered him as the, like, inspector guy from Ocean's 13, who gets, like, fucked over That's big the role time you, yeah. by the hotel. That's the role I remembered him mostly. Uh, Oscar nominee Adriana Barraza plays Sean Sandina, the psychic who lost to the demon decades earlier and wants to try again on Christine. Barraza was nominated for her role in 2006's Babel. Another movie I still have to see. A movie I think is actually kind of kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's one of those kind of, yeah. It's yeah. Inuritu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that alone, I'm going to have to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I find it, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it again. Yeah, they can't all be winners. <laughs> Before we get into the film, let's talk about the Lamia. Oh, yeah. The demon that latches onto Christine via the gypsy curse. The Lamia is a real figure from Greek mythology, though it has little to do with curses and doesn't even resemble a goat. <laughs> so really, Raimi just took the name and ran with it. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's as long as you're usually, creative, yeah. That's what they usually do. Like, outside of payment, nobody pays any fucking attention to the mythology. Yeah, yeah. 
According to NewWorldEncyclopedia.org, the Lamia was a Libyan queen who was turned into a vicious, child-murdering monster after the queen of the gods Hera slaughtered all of Lamia's children because she slept with her husband Zeus. Now, personally, I bet Zeus was at fault, probably raped Lamia in that story, as he did that quite a lot. It's not like some queen is going to even be able to say no to the king of the fucking gods. <laughs> they always forget that part of the story. <laughs> well, Lamia's grief at losing her children turned her into a monster who took revenge on all mothers by stealing their children and eating them. She's described as being half woman and half serpent from the waist down, kind of like a Gorgon, Medusa kind of thing. The name Lamia comes from the Greek word limos, meaning gullet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gullet. Oh, yeah. Down the gullet. (laughs) You won't be seeing this in the ABCs of Greek mythology. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Lamia was the daughter of Poseidon as well, and after her transformation, Zeus granted her the power of prophecy to try and cool things down. (laughs) She also had a healthy sexual appetite. She was a vampiric spirit and loved sucking the blood of men. She was also cursed never to shut her eyes, so she would forever obsess over her dead children. Zeus felt bad about that, too, so he gave her the ability to take her eyes out whenever she wanted. Of course, Zeus could have just undone this whole thing, seeing as he's the fucking king of the gods. But that's not how the Lord of the Skies works. (laughs) It's his fucking fault. Dude, those stories are all the same. Zeus fucks around, Hera punishes the wrong person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's annoying. Mythology. Ugh. In more modern folktales... The Lamia is a witch who lives nearby in a house or tower and feeds on human flesh. She has magic powers and that's something the hero must find to complete his quest. The hero has to trick her, gain her favor in order to get what he needs. You know, kind of like the Baba Yaga. It's just kind of a folk tale to make your kids go to sleep at night. And that's the Lamia as history or what mythology would tell us. And in the movie, it's quite different. <laughs> So let's go into the story, the plot of Drag Me to Hell. Yes. Starts in 1969, Pasadena, where a couple is seeking the aid of a medium, saying their son is ill and is hearing evil spirits after he stole a silver necklace from a gypsy wagon. He tried to return it, they wouldn't have it, and instead they cursed him. The medium, uh, Sean Sandina, carries out a seance, but they're all attacked, the seance is interrupted, and the boy is dragged to hell after the floor opens up and it's it's creepy. Sets the tone pretty pretty heavy yeah, so far. It's a very heavy opening scene that, and, and that has nothing like culturally or nothing like to do with the the movie. It's like in a completely different setting than what we're about to see. So yeah. I, I always like that when they do when movies do that, where it gives you this look into something completely different. Like you said, it's 1969 too. So yeah, really cool. Oh, for sure. Hell, it might have been the same fucking gypsy woman who did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. We then go to present-day Los Angeles, where we meet bank loan officer Christine Brown, who is uh, trying to get a promotion to assistant manager. She's matching wits with her co-worker, Stu, who's, like, fucking brand new, but he's a man. That's the vibe I got. And she's having a At least he's of... not a white man in the movie. No, he's Asian, played by Reggie Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but... It's just, it's a, you know, she's having to fight extra hard for this because she's a woman and her boss is telling her, you know, go get my lunch, that kind of shit. Yeah. Oh, on the way back, yeah, can you grab me a turkey sub? Ugh. You're like, oh my god, if anyone ever said that to me, I would go get that sub and throw it at their fucking face and, and quit. Like, you can't ever tell me to do that, to no. do that for you, no. Never be a go Unless you're my mom. Like, yeah. you cannot tell me to go get a turkey sub for you. Oh my god. Ugh. Uh, the, the, I forgot how like annoying everyone is <laughs> watching it. Watching it now, I was yeah. like, "Oh god, these people!" But it's funny. It's like it's that's the comedy, is the humor in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, these fucking idiots!" You know? Oh yeah. Oh man. And of course, Christine asked her boss, "Like, so have you reached a decision?" He's like, "I'm still weighing my options, but you know, it's looking good for Stu. You know, he's not afraid to make those tough calls. Be a real ball buster, which is code word for you're too nice." Yeah. Make, go get my sandwich. Like, he literally tells her, go make me a sandwich. Yeah. That's in uh, the fucking subtext. This is ridiculous. Uh, so, she go back, goes back to her desk. She's thinking like, fuck, what am I doing? And there's this old gypsy woman just kind of like... Oh, God. Tapping on the table in such a gross way. She's, she looks like she's rotting away. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to live in a... Used to live in Romania. Oh, yeah. And so she's supposed to be Hungarian. It's right next to Hungary. I went to Hungary 
plenty of times to visit. There are so there are like if you go to you go to uh, outside of like downtown you know areas you know if you go to rural areas there there's so many women that look like that like gypsy women just kind of like walk Ugh. just hanging out you know God and you're like what <laughs> why is nobody else freaked out right now <laughs> I've got nothing against the Romani culture but there's a point where people age where you just look gross yeah and you got to do something about that. Yeah, and you probably shouldn't have a like in this case in the movie have these nails that are you know, five inches long, you know, and like rotten. Yeah, they're not. They're how not does that even well happen? Kempt. How does it happen if you're not dead? Like seriously, how do your nails rot away? I don't know. Ugh, God. Uh, She's missing an eye. Yeah. She's coughing like just nasty shit into a handkerchief. Her name's Sylvia Ganish, and she. Would like a third extension of her mortgage because the men have come to her house to take away her house. Yeah. She's lived there for 30 years and she needs help. Where else am I going to live? Yeah. And Christine remembers, you know, gotta make those hard calls. So she's yeah, like, Yeah. I'll go see what my, bo- like my boss says. So she goes to talk to her boss and he's yeah. like, It's your call. It's a tough decision. It's a tough decision, <laughs> wink, wink. Almost, Basically saying, yeah. if you do this, you might have a chance at the. At the promotion. So fucked Manipulative up. Manipulative fucker. So fucked up. So Christine goes back well, he's to... he's like reading the paper. Yeah. <laughs> in his office. Christine goes back to the desk and says, I'm sorry, my boss says no. And Sylvia Ganoush is like, I am a proud woman. I've never begged for anything in my life, but I will beg now. And she drops to her knees and begs for Christine to help her get her house back. She's crying. She's making a scene. And Christine like kicks her away and yells for security. So Sylvia stands up and just stares at Christine yeah. and says, you shamed me. <laughs> Oof. I begged and you shamed me. Oh, man. And she like, Lock! she lashes out at Christine. Security pulls her back. And Christine's like, that was weird, but she forgets it. Yeah. So later that day, she clocks out. She's going to the parking garage. We see an old car parked across the way. The... Oldsmobile Delta that has appeared in every Sam Raimi movie since Evil Dead. A car that Bruce Campbell hates and Raimi will not let him kill. <laughs> so cool. It even appeared in the Ash vs. Evil Dead show. I love that. It's I love it. It's even like in Oz the Great and Powerful the body was converted into like a cart. Just so it's it could fantastic. be there. Fantastic. It's so cool. I love that stuff. But she's looking at this car and she's like, that's weird. So she runs to her car and She's getting ready to leave. She's and fumbling she, with the keys. A yeah. Classic, yeah. She turns around and fucking Ganoush is sitting in the back seat. Oh, man. And she just says, you shamed me. And the lash runs at, like, grabs her hair, starts attacking yeah. her. And, she, oh, it's gross. She's, like, gumming her with her after she gets her teeth knocked out. And it's fucking creepy and gross. and Disgusting. Christine's trying to, like, ram the car into different cars to, like, hurl her into the front. She kicks her out. But then she, like, grabs a block and <laughs> breaks into the car. And eventually Sylvia gets her hands on a button yes. from Christine's coat. And, like, looks at Christine like she, you know, I won. And then just, like, breathes on the button and says a, a gypsy curse. And says, like, something about, uh, now it is you who will come begging to me. Oh, man. And Christine's like, fuck, what was that? She calls the cops, calls Clay, and is like, you know, freaking out. And on the way home, Christine wants to talk to a psychic. Yes. Just to get her fortune read, just kind of, yeah. you know, Why assess. Not? Yeah, shit's been going weird. So her and Clay go to... Clay. <laughs> Clay. Good old Clay. <laughs> yeah, Clay, this nerdy... Who, who's just the... the he, he's no different than any other boyfriend in horror movies. Just no, he's the millennial clueless. nerdy coin collector who is there for support, but never really supports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But she goes to this fortune tower, Ram Joss, who will read her fortune for $60, which is fucking steep Yeah, for a fortune. And they're like, okay. Uh, and he's like, if you guys aren't serious, then you know you can go. And they stay. They end up, all right, let's do it. This guy gives all the signs of a fraud. It's hilarious. <laughs> but he's the real deal. Yes, he yes, he's the real deal in all those movies. Avatar, Inception. <laughs> so he, just, he holds Christine's hand and sees some dark shit. And is like, I can't do this. I'll refund your money, but you need to go. 
course, he doesn't refund the money. He eventually accepts the money, which Clay points out. I thought that was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clay's like a, yeah. Um, we're, dealing, we're dealing with heaven and hell and, uh, you know, like, curses. And Clay's like, oh, where's my 60 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Justin Long. Of course, only Christine can see all this shit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But she goes home, and she's attacked by something that looks like Sylvia Ganoush. Mm-hmm. And it's... Is, is that when it vomits on her, like, bugs on her face? Yes. Oh, my God. So disgusting. Ugh. Yeah. How did they do that? I hate that shit. Ugh. It looks pretty good, too, still. Yeah. It did. Yeah. That's what I was impressed with this movie most, is mo- most of the scares looked pretty good, still. It's practical effects. Yeah. Oof. Raimi knows how to do a movie on the cheek. He's very good at that. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's just awesome. <laughs> I don't think he gets enough credit. No, not at all. Especially, yeah, especially in the, the limelight, you know, as as he will. Uh, it sucks. It really sucks. But he, he's never going to do what they want him to do. He's going to no. keep doing what he wants to do. So Exactly. We'll take it. Oh, for sure. And so she's seeing all this weird shit. She wakes up and she's like, I don't know what happened, but something was in my house. And she goes to work and she hallucinates her again. And she freaks out at Stu, which is cool. Stu's like she's fucking teaching him how to do the job, and he's yes. in, in the running for a management position. What the hell is that? Ugh. And she's got yeah. So what is she supposed to better him? I work in an office, you know? and I hate that shit so much. It's infuriating when somebody you know is less than less of a you know knowledgeable employee than you gets like gets to go on the yellow brick road for some reason. Yeah, it doesn't make special any sense. treatment. Yeah. Ugh. So she freaks out on him. And she starts having a massive nosebleed and, like, like vomits blood all over her boss. And the boss is kind of reacting like, oh, is, like she, he's, like, grossed out, but he's not freaking the fuck out. Like, yeah. You should be like all of us would, in that yeah. situation. And she takes off, you know, embarrassed and scared, and Stu steals an important file from her desk. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Fucking Stu. Bastard. So Christine is thinking, all right. I know where this started. I need to go talk to Sylvia Ganoush. So she goes to the house, meets her bitchy granddaughter, who says, like, Fuck. you used to be fat, I can tell. Which is, <laughs> wow. What the hell? And she finds out Sylvia Ganoush is dead. Ah, which means she can't take back the curse. Nope. I feel like she died just to spite Christine. Yeah, I, yeah, I think like, so. Which is just, ugh. It's in character. You're, you're just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do now? And she fucks up the wake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does. <laughs> What's that, like, embalming fluid that goes into her mouth, I thought? Or just, like, dead essence? <laughs> dead. I like dead essence. Ugh, God. <laughs> Liquid dead. Dead essence. Ugh. Nobody helps her out either. That's, my, just... that's the name of my new band, Dead. <laughs> dead essence. <laughs> no vacancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, <laughs> School of Rock I love that one guy in the crowd is like Yeah no vacancy yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on School of Rock <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Oh god Nice very nice <laughs> uh, So <laughs> Christine <laughs> I love this these tangent shit All right. So Christine's now at a loss She doesn't know what to do So she goes back to the psychic and explains that's what I would do too. Yeah, I would have. I would have been texting him the whole like. Yeah, I'd have like, that guy on retainer during yeah, this shit. Me too. I'd pay whatever. Yeah, it's fucking. You want a hundred dollars a day just to like you know stay with me, be my yeah. friend for the next. <laughs> so you can figure this out. Yeah, and he would charge absolutely. Oh, at least yeah. <laughs> but she needs answers, so he's like, "All right, I believe that what is attacking you is a demon called the Lamia." It's a very powerful demon, very powerful curse attached to an object that was that was taken from you and returned, and you it'll plague you for three days, and then on the third day, you will die. It is going to dra- literally drag you into hell. <laughs> oh, what a bombshell <laughs> to just have somebody say, "All right, look, you're going to die in three days, and a demon's going to drag you into hell." What do you do with that information? <laughs> three days, Jesus Christ, and she's. He suggests, like, maybe you could sacrifice an animal to appease this thing. So Christine, with only a little bit of reluctance, takes a butcher knife to her fucking kitten and loses all of my respect. Uh, This is... 
This is one of the most brutal scenes and makes you not... For maybe a second, you were with her. Yeah. And then you're like, no, no, I'm not. Never mind. Mm-mm. This is a cold, cold bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's killing a cat right now. You deserve to be in hell. Not even a... And, you know, cat's a pretty broad word. This is like a house cat. This is a house kitten. A, a pet. It's a baby. This is a little pet. Not, not like a yeah, bobcat or something or some no. wild, wild beast. This is a little... You don't try that shit on a chicken first, a goat, you immediately go straight to the, your beloved cat. Oh, man. And, and not not even like a hold down chop, like a yeah. stab, stab, stab. Yeah, it's rough. Oh, my God. It's probably the most brutal scene in the movie. I would say yes. As, and, and forever, forever, it's going to be, you know, a hundred years from now, you can look back and be like, that's fucked up. Yeah, very few I don't movies. know how the rest of the movie's going to stand up, but that's a fucked up scene. Very few <laughs> movies ever... Kill the dog, go, the go cat, there? anything yeah. like that. I love when stuff goes there. I, this is just like, wow, they... Oh, with the pet. I get the fact with that the she's, she's desperate and she's scared, but, I mean, I can't abide that shit. I mean, that's no. just... Oh, no. There's no turning back with that. It's a, I'm, a, I'm a cat guy. I love cats. I could never hurt a cat. I, I, I just don't... I know that. at least five people I'd have no problem, you know, killing... If I had to, but I would never hurt a cat, <laughs> and that's not an admission of guilt for any future issues I might have. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, I yeah, understand yeah, yeah. cats more than I understand most people. <laughs> um, yeah, it's innocence, it's pure, it's just a nice little instinct, thing. Instinct, yeah. Animals in general, yeah. I get it's along. Innocence. With, I get along with much better than I could never most do that. People. Yeah. Ugh. So, I was going to ask you to name the five people, but we won't go there. No, no. Then I'm going to have issues we'll, with legal problems. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll save that for Luminary when we eventually are a Luminary podcast. <laughs> the one you have to pay for. <laughs> Filmgasm Plus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's one day, funny. maybe. <laughs> so, Christine murders her cat, buries it in the yard, and is waiting for some kind of sign that she's free, but she's not. She's then going to meet Clay's parents at their house for dinner, and oh. her fucking parents. Uh, awesome. One of my favorite parts of the whole movie, just because <laughs> I hate uh, everything that's happening in that house. Where yeah. have I seen the mom? I know her from something. I got that same feeling, Yeah, but I kind of gave up, because I was like, I, I don't want to bother myself with... Yeah, me neither. I was into it. This lady. <laughs> but here we are now. Yeah. She's just pure evil. She's very judgmental. She's like, oh, earlier she was calling Clay, and like, I think you need to find a nice... Wealthy girl, not this farm girl you're playing yeah. around with. Yeah. And she just doesn't change that tune the whole time at dinner. No, the whole the whole time, the two parents, the, the only questions they ask her, they don't ask her anything like, what do you like to do, or like, what's your favorite color, or do you like sports, do you like movies? How did you meet, anything like all, that? All it is is, how much money do you make, where do you work, and that's just... Uh, and that happens far too often. Why are you with... ashamed of your parents? I think is something she. They yeah, answer. yeah. Well, yeah. She's like, well, my dad's dead, and then my mom is an alcoholic, and she's like, I admire your honesty. Like, uh, Fuck, man, get the hell out of here. Really? So she brought a harvest cake to this party, and they're eating the cake, and Christine, but then uh, open like is going to have some cake, and the fucking eyeball is in the cake and it bursts she stabs it and it bursts like it's cherry juice onto, <laughs> onto the plate and then off like it turns to like Clay's perspective and you can see her reluctantly eating the cake to put up appearances and I'm just like oh my god yeah yeah. she's eating eye she's eating an eyeball and, and Justin Long's like come on like stop acting up yeah. <laughs> oh I forgot to say uh, because since the cat's dead right when she gets to the house or when uh, her and Clay get to the house mm-hmm. um the cat gets brought up and she says... Yeah. She refers to him in the past tense. And Justin yeah. I had a cat. Clay, or sorry, Clay's like, what, what do you mean? You, you have, have a cat. cat. And most of them happen. He's like <laughs> laughing and she's like, well, you never know. They just come and go. Jesus. Like, what? That's a fucking cold way to admit, you know, <laughs> slyly admit you murdered a cat. They just come and go. Jesus. Right? <laughs> right? Cats, right? They just come yeah. and go. Not really. Oh my God. Not kittens. <laughs> well, at dinner, she... <laughs> There's a buzzing noise, and she vomits up a live fly, which is fucking weird and gross. But it's great. And they all see that. I wish I... I would love to do that in front of those people. I would love to just <laughs> you know, like hurl up some nasty shit like, oh, sorry. <laughs> on Right on their dinner table, on their their nice, like, expensive, you know, expensive dinner set. Like, Oy. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Mom is, like, freaking out. She looks in the cake and sees the raisins and immediately thinks... 
there's flies in the cake and yes. starts, you know, throwing up the cake and everyone's freaking out. And she, Christine, like, screams at this, you know, banging noise on the door, throws a glass at it, yeah. makes a huge scene. Shatters, yeah. And takes off. And Clay's going to go after her, but Mom's like, don't bother. She's dead weight. Let she's, her go. Yeah. yeah. She's got problems. And Clay fucking stays. Clay's a little mama's boy. He's just like, okay. Like, fuck. Fucking Clay. So then, Christine goes back to the psychic, her safe space, and says, like, what the hell can I do? The, the animal didn't work. And he's like, there's no guarantees with this shit. This is a curse. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I know somebody who might. But they want ten grand. Like, at this point, I'm thinking, like, is this whole fucking thing a scam? By yeah. a psychic or something? Uh, yeah, did, did this psychic <laughs> give me drugs or something? And I'm just, yeah. oh, this is, yeah. What kind head. of, like, you imagine, like, in The Exorcist, if Max von Sydow is like, yes, I can help your daughter for a small fee of $20,000. <laughs> like, Kind of undercuts the heroism a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the fight between good and evil, yeah. At a price. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. But she's like, all right, I'll take it. So she starts pawning all of her stuff, everything she could find. She makes about 3800 bucks. I love that. She goes to the pawn shop and it's like, ton of jewelry, and the guy's like, oh, you're 3800 She's like, what? It's just funny because you know people do that in real life. They think like, oh, I got all this... Expensive. It's like, then don't go to a fucking pawn shop. And if you're going to go to a pawn shop, do it, like, individually. Exactly. Never do it in bulk. You're going to make less money. Come on, guys. Yeah. (laughs) You get all sorts of life advice from us. Hey, if you, you know, I, I, I for one, am a big Pawn Stars fan, so, you know, I I watched it a lot as a kid. That was actually one of the only channels uh, that was in English in Romania that I got to watch was the History Channel. And so that was always on. I just watched it a lot. Kind of grew attached to it. <laughs> I remember one episode where a guy had a set of nuclear launch keys. I remember that, yeah. And they were like, best I can do is 50 bucks or some shit. Like, what? <laughs> I love that part. Chum- chumly, yeah. They show up with like their most valuable things, yeah. things that are worth like, I, millions to a museum. They're like, 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love those people who go in there just like, they're amped up because they're, they're like, my life's about to change. And they're like, yeah, I, they're just, I, there's no market for this. <laughs> there's never a market for anything. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Well, I love that the guys are like, I would like no less than $50,000. And then he's like, oh. I'll give you two fifty, And he's like, all right. <laughs> like, no haggle. Just immediately like, yeah, okay. Because this is Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all know why they need money. Exactly. Casinos don't take nuclear launch keys. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, anyway. <laughs> moving she, moving yeah, right along. Christine's got $3,800 in cash, and she knows that she's not going to be able to buy this psychic. With that... Clay comes home and is like, I paid the guy. I know this is important to you, so I paid the psychic the ten grand. I'm going to help you get through whatever this is. Which is nice. Nice little support. Good Clay good there. comeback after that fuck-up at the uh, dinner you yeah. had at your parents' house. So, yeah. Which doesn't really come up, but I understand there's more important things going on right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> So, Jaws introduces uh, Christine to Sean Sandina, the medium at the beginning of the movie who failed to kill Valamia the first time and she's been waiting for an opportunity like this to get the chance to go up against it again so they have a seance to trap the Lamia in a goat and kill it and this scene is full fucking Raimi oh, straight yes. out of Evil Dead 2 this entire oh, yes. scene I love it first off the, you know, the, the demon possesses the medium and she looks creepy as hell with the Slightly like elongated teeth and everything. Very creepy, yeah. And the demon gets in the goat, and I, the goat talking is pure <laughs> Raimi. The, it reminded me so much of when the deer starts yes, laughing at yeah, Ash. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! Perfect. Oh, so cool. I love, I love that stuff. That's that's a great scene. <laughs> and her assistant's gonna kill the goat. He misses. Lets the goat loose. The goat bites him. He becomes the Lamia, and he's all dancing around. Creepy as more hell. evil dead yeah. shit. Like, you feel like the Lamia came out of the Necronomicon. Yes. <laughs> That's the vibe I, always, I got the Same this. universe. Oh, it's great. So, Sandina now has to exercise the Lamia from her assistant. She succeeds, but she dies in the fight. And Christine thinks, like, oh, she beat it. And Joss is like, no, we just banished it from the seance. You still have to deal with this. Yeah. So... It's just not right here anymore. It's just not going to kill you right now. Yeah, but you still are going to die in a day. So he puts the button, the cursed object, in an envelope and says, 
you have only one option. I didn't want to say this at first because it's horrific, but if you can give the button to somebody else, you will gift them the curse and you will be free, but that person will go straight to hell. Can you live with that? And she's immediately like, yeah, I can live with that. (laughs) No hesitation. Piece of shit. (laughs) Like, yeah, okay. Not even that, but she knows exactly who to call. She calls Stu. And it's like, I'm going to meet, like, meet me at this restaurant or I'm going to tell the boss what you did with the file. And he shows up this fucking sad sack. He's like, oh, please, don't, don't tell the boss. I'll I'll be a good boy. Don't Don't do do this to me. It's so fucking pathetic. And she's going to, she's like, all right, I'm going to give you this thing and it's going to be yours. And he's like, okay, you're not going to tell me that, right? And I guess he's so pathetic, she changes her mind. She's like, I can't do this to this guy. So she says, all right, fuck off. And she's going to give it to this old guy, but he, his wife comes over and they look all sweet. So she's, she doesn't know what, you know, she can't do it. She can yeah, you're sending someone to hell. Yeah. Easily murder a cat, but get putting somebody, a curse on somebody, that's too much. So she has an idea. She goes to Jas and asks, what if I give the button to a dead person? Would that, does that work? And Jas does the research and says, like, yes, there are Romani gifts upon the dead. I think you can do this. This would work. So she's like, oh, I'm going to fuck up that, <laughs> that um, gypsy woman. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And Rightly so. She's driving around with Clay, and they have a, a moment where they uh, they hit the brakes on an old guy who's like yelling, like, you're going to burn in hell, which mm-hmm. is funny as hell. And the button in the envelope gets on the floor. She's like scrambling around trying to find it. She finds it. She puts it back in her bag. She goes over to the grave, digs up Ganoush's grave, and it's so perfect. It's raining. It's you know perfect gothic horror. And um, she digs up the corpse. The corpse is all gross and rotten. And she she pries open the mouth with a shovel and is like, "I'm giving you this, you bitch. Choke on it." And puts the button in her mouth and kicks it closed. <laughs> like fuck, she's been through a lot of shit. <laughs> Dead by dawn. <laughs> and she's trying to get out of there and the grave starts flooding and the body keeps grabbing her hair which I thought was odd yeah that happens a couple times yeah I was gonna say that happens throughout <laughs> the film no so as far as she knows she did it she got rid of the, of the curse the bitch who cursed her in the first place is gonna burn in hell for it so she goes home and is like gonna you know she's gonna meet Clay for a trip at, her, at his family's cabin and she gets a message that her boss found out that Stu uh, stole that file, and he's been fired, and she's a shoe in for the management position. It's hers. Yes. So just good news after good news after good news. She gets to the station. She buys this nice jacket. She's feeling, you know, things are looking up, Christine, mm-hmm. finally. And Clay meets her by saying, hey, did you still need this button? I found it in my car. What? <laughs> Fuck. Holy shit. <laughs> she put the wrong envelope. In the old woman's mouth. So she freaks the fuck out. The button is still on Clay. Uh, she freaks out. She backs into the um, into a train. She falls onto, station, onto the uh, tracks. Clay's freaking out. The ground opens up. Skeleton demon things grab Christine. The train Christine. starts getting closer and the, closer. The train goes over her. She's, ah. You just see her dragged underneath the train. Clay is staring at this. Holding not his arm what like, to do. what the fuck? And shoop. Drags her right into hell. And that's it. <laughs> and then it says, drag me to hell. Yeah. You get what you pay for. <laughs> oh, yeah. An hour and 30 minutes of a girl getting dragged to hell. Yeah. And it fucking paid off, man. Like, god damn. Talk- <laughs> awesome movie. 8 out of 10 for me. Um, really enjoy it. And the, the ending is superb. It's one of my favorite horror endings. Um, I, I'm really excited that we did this because now I have this rejuvenated uh, love for for this movie altogether. Yeah, me too, man. It's awesome. It's so great, and it's so it fucking goes there. It really, like, does. this very much it is a like be careful what you wish for kind of movie mm-hmm. where nobody, there's nobody like innocent in this. No, and everybody gets theirs. Yeah, yeah. You pay, you pay for your, you know, you, there's consequences to your actions. Yeah, <laughs> and that's you know that's 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 huge in horror in the horror genre. And it's done really well here. Very simple, but done really well. Fantastic, love it. Uh, so there's a popular fan theory that the film is actually a metaphor for Christine's crippling eating disorder. Mm. So she was overweight as a child. That's pretty clear in the movie. She's been fighting mentally and physically to get her in shape her entire life. She drinks coffee and water while her co-workers eat the lunch that she brought them. She tells her boyfriend she's lactose intolerant, but she doesn't get sick when she devours a bucket of ice cream. 
And most of all, whenever she's attacked by the Lamia, something almost always gets forced down her throat. Be it bugs, bile, or the thing's entire goddamn arm. Huh. So, also when she finally eats something, the slice of harvest cake, it oozes blood and puts her off. You never actually see her eat in this, and the, the idea is that there is no curse. She's suffering from extreme hunger, and she's hallucinating. Yeah, alright. I don't know. What do you think? I like that. I like that. I think that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I definitely didn't see that, or like notice that she didn't really eat anything at all. There's definitely hints that she's incredibly insecure about her weight. Oh, for sure, for sure. Insecure about, yeah, a lot of things in general. And I can but, see, yeah. yeah. I like that. That's, that's, that's a cool theory. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, yeah. Doesn't explain Clay seeing her get dragged into hell. No. <laughs> Leaves that part out. <laughs> yeah, that moment. But, you know, can't win them all. <laughs> so, here's some filmgasm facts for Drag Me to Hell. Number one, we already covered this. The yellow Oldsmobile Delta 88 is the same car used in the Evil Dead films. It's also Uncle Ben's car in Spider-Man. Hell yeah, Uncle Ben. Number two, Sam Raimi's friend Bruce Campbell, who appeared in some fashion in every other film Raimi directed, turned down a role because he was busy with burn notice, regrettably. And I can see him totally playing David Pamer's part. Oh, yeah. He would totally be the boss. Or the psychic. Or fucking anybody. I don't care. He could be Clay. I want... (laughs) Bruce Campbell. Anyway. Fuck it, he could be Clay. He could be Christine. I don't... I could give a shit. I just... I love that man. Stu. He could be Stu. He could be Stu. That'd be the best if he was Stu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Oh, man. Number three. Critics complained that this was a misogynistic backlash-type warning to women not to be too ambitious. That women have to stay in the helper-servant-type mode, and if they try to get competitive or flex a little corporate strength in the office the way men do all the time... They will get sent to hell. No. That is very much not what this movie's about. No, I think that's... <clears throat> that's that's like looking for problems. Like, if Christine was a man, same story. Y- yeah. This is not about gender. This is about consequences. Now, now, if you wanted to say that within that office there's there's issues, like misogynistic issues, yes. Oh, yes. Abs- yeah, of course. Because there's issues in offices in real life. Yeah. But the movie, like, the movie's plot? No. That's that's bullshit. I don't like that. I agree. I hate when people just go looking for trouble. Yeah, exactly. It's like I said, they're, like, looking for issues. And that's, that's a shitty way to live. <laughs> yeah, it's infuriating. Oh. How are you? How are you enjoying life when you're just trying to nitpick everything? Yeah, like, like, like it, it's like looking into any movie and being like, well, this part was racist. It's like, mm, really? You really have to be that guy who's, like, you know, looking at every single tiny, you know... Expression, Expr- expression's tough sometimes. Just because it's bad things happening to a woman does not make it a misogynistic film. Yeah, no, It means that Christine, tur- you know, turned down an old woman's request, you know, beg, like, her, an old woman's request to, you know what I'm trying to say. I, she turned it down, and yeah, she got fucked over for it. What, what do you want? You, you you rather this be Justin Long who's on the screen the whole time? Because that means that means less opportunities for a woman to be on the screen. So, that's dumb. She, you know the character's a woman because they Sam Raimi wanted a woman to play it. I I don't you know I I hate that. Yeah, it's just, it's just picking nets, trying to find stuff, and yeah, she's she does fine, and and it's doesn't yeah it doesn't make any sense. Like you said, if it was a male, it's the same thing. It's the same. It's a story. I think he wanted to use a female because there's not enough females on in movies in general. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially like as the main character. So yeah. I think that's really cool that he did that in a horror movie. So yeah, I don't know. If anything, I think this movie's empowering towards women. Yes, yes. I mean, she is cursed, but, you know, she takes it, charge of it. She deals with everything herself. She, especially when she digs up the grave and, like, yeah, just choke on it, bitch, to the old woman. Like, you know, she's taking charge of her life. Of course, mm-hmm. it doesn't work, and she gets dragged into hell. But, you know, the, that doesn't change what she was trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. Number four. When Clay mentions traveling to his parents' cabin that has trees and is private, this is a direct reference to the Cabin in the Woods from the Evil Dead franchise. Classic. Which means even if that she had succeeded in destroying the curse and mm. gone to the Cabin in the Woods, she probably would have been destroyed by a demon anyway. Uh, agreed, yeah. <laughs> Not a fun world to be in. Oh, God, no. You think Spider-Man exists in this world, too? Like, Raimi Spider-Man? Yeah, it... There's got to be something. There's got to be some sort of sign somewhere in the Spider-Man movies that says, like, yeah, this is all the same, you know. <laughs> even, even when I'm talking about, yeah, Superman, uh, you know, a, a Spider-Man, a uh, superhero, I'm still going to keep it all contained in the same. It's really cool. Who doesn't love Sam Raimi? I know. He, he is. He's someone that 
everyone needs to dive into and really check out all he's done. So except much for, stuff. Except Crime Wave. You can skip Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Crime Wave. And Spider-Man 3. It's pretty shitty. Yeah, most of it, yeah. But there are p- parts of that movie I do like. Agreed. Like Thomas Hayden Church, for one. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell was the maitre d'. Yes. Can't get a... <laughs> Table for two, peck air. <laughs> fucking... Uh, BC, you're the man. So that's Drag Me to Hell. A scary, entertaining morality tale that gets a 9 out of 10 for me. I think. Hell yeah. I was very I like surprised that. by this. I like that. And you said uh, 8, eight right? Yeah, solid 8. Nice. Very scary. They're just... And, and you know, it's this, this, this is how it goes, you know... Um... When you don't spend a ton of money, there's not going to be like these stellar performances, and that's huge for me in movies. So, mm-hmm. if if it would have been like on a higher, just like turned up a notch. Well, it was maybe. supposed to be Ellen Page. Oh, jeez. She turned it down. I didn't know that. Due to wow. scheduling uh, from something else. But what she had been doing at that time. Two thousand nine. Let's find out. It, I have that open. Inception. Maybe I have that open right when, now. I don't know. Ellen Page dropped out of the project due to SAG strike-related scheduling issues. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go look Fucking that unions, up. Fucking unions, man. That's some insane stuff. Go look that up. Oh, man. yeah. That'll, that'll get you through the day. Do you think this would have been a nine from you if it had been Ellen Page? Maybe. I, I hate, yeah. I hate being that guy, but probably. I, I just <laughs> think, I think if it was someone who, like, with some 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 seasoning, you know, it's like a veteran. Allison Loman is kind of the weak link of the movie, and, she, and she's you know she's she's okay, she and she hasn't she hasn't been she hasn't done a lot. So yeah. Ellen Page is someone who at the time had already been in Juno. You know, he's like starting Oscar nominated. Yeah, actors. exactly. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's 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 definitely people that that come to mind, yeah. but uh, there's some dimension out there where we're reviewing this movie, and Ellen Page was in it. Yeah, and I wonder what we had to say about that. True. <laughs> I don't know, maybe she phoned it in. Maybe it's not as good. Maybe it's like a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> then again, maybe Bruce Campbell's in that one. <laughs> so, uh, man. what happened this week in film? Let's find out. Alexander Skarsgård has been cast as Randall Flagg in CBS's All, CBS All Access is The Stand. Weird that the Skarsgård family is becoming uh-huh. the poster boys for Stephen King villains. Love it. And he's joining a who's who cast of has-beens and longtime no-seers, such as Amber Heard, Whoopi Goldberg, James Marsden, and Marilyn Manson, in what is sure to be a lukewarm disappointment for King fans, and I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I, um, (laughs) Marilyn Manson. Yeah. How about that? He's in the cast list now. How about that? I don't know who he's playing. Neither do I. That's such a random group of people right there. Maybe he's the trash can man. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, that's such a great story, and they just... They didn't do it justice with the first miniseries. Oh, no, not at all. And I feel like they're going to fuck it up again. Yeah. Alexander Skarsgård kind of the only part I'm actually excited for. I like think he can do a good job to, as yeah. Randall Flagg. Yeah. But I guarantee you he was only cast because Bill Skarsgård was Pennywise. Exactly. And ex- the executives are like, oh, Skarsgård equals good Stephen King adaptation, so cast a brother. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård's going to play the fucking Crimson King in the Dark yeah. Tower or something. I guarantee it. There you go. <laughs> Uh, next up, screenwriter Mardik Martin has died at age 84 of a stroke. Uh, Martin was the writer of legendary Scorsese films Raging Bull, Mean Streets, and New York, New York. So Sad. talented. Very talented. M. Night Shyamalan has two new secret projects in development at Universal. Here's hoping that they're another split and not another happening. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that this good streak continues. What's your favorite movie he's ever done? My favorite Shyamalan. Ooh. If, if you had one off the top of your head. Signs. Yeah, definitely Signs for me. That like movie 100%. fucked with my head as a child. Yeah, it's not even close <laughs> for me. That's the most realistic alien invasion movie I've ever seen. Do you like The Village? I, I do like The it's Village. It's different. Yeah. yeah. Love Adrian Brody. He's, his character's out there, but... I, I think a lot of people shit on The Village for reasons that I think are unwarranted. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, we definitely need to do one on the village one day. We, it's such yeah. a fascinating. Absolutely, that's. I think an M Night podcast would be great. Absolutely, he's yeah. He's done so many. When he's good, he's really fucking good. Yeah, it's good. And when he's bad, he's really fucking bad. Yeah, it's horrible. And middle ground is tough for him. It's interesting. Like I love Split to death. That's an Split's amazing awesome, film. Man. Split's great. But The Last Airbender is one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen, and it's I, kind of unforgivable with him. I actually didn't see that because I. Just, 
I had a feeling and I heard from people, yeah, it's just not. I went I was with, a big big fan of the cartoon. I went with my whole family. We saw it in 3D and we all left super pissed. Wow. I knew nothing about the cartoon. Really? I knew nothing about it. Uh, I still yeah. don't. Actually. I watched, yeah, I was a big fan of it. I went in specifically because it was M. Night Shyamalan and it was mm-hmm. a neat looking movie. Yeah. And I left thinking, what the I remember, fuck was I that? I remember it had a really strong trailer, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But then, you know, he's also the guy who did The Sixth Sense. So Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't even brought up his yeah. big one. Yeah. It's tough. Which, that's probably the one yeah. most people like. And I adore Unbreakable. Like, the guy is, mm-hmm. he's done some incredible movies. But there was that stretch where he just couldn't do, he couldn't win. He couldn't get Like, 2007 to, like, 2013. Yeah. Was just, he was a pariah. <laughs> I went to see, um, in, in 2000, uh, what year did Scott, uh, 2010, I went to see Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, mm-hmm. and I was in New York City with my, with my family, and my brother and I were like, let's go see Scott Pilgrim, like, at a theater here, so it was, like, a nice downtown theater. I don't remember the name of it, I wish I did, I wasn't paying attention, but they had a, a wax, like, a wax figure of Leonardo DiCaprio in the, <laughs> in the lobby, that was great. But I saw Scott Pilgrim, and there was a trailer for an M. Night movie, I cannot remember what it was, but... The whole crowd, but this wouldn't have happened here, but the whole crowd in New York City just laughed. Oh, man. Just laughed. Because this is right, in, you said 2007 to 2013. This is 2010, right, right in the middle of that shit. Jesus. Shit show. Everybody just laughed. Like, it wasn't even like, you know, it was a, it, everyone, everyone. I was confused. I was like, why are they, and my, my brother was like, because he sucks, because he's lost his touch, you know? So I hope, yeah. 2010, right? That was probably the last airbender. Probably, yeah, yeah. probably. That, that probably, yeah. But you know, and it was just a trailer. And I don't feel like, bad. Like, I don't <laughs> feel bad for him because he did it to himself. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He thought he was the next Hitchcock. He mm-hmm. started, you know, his ego took over. Oh yeah. In Lady in the Water, he is literally the savior oh, of mankind. My God! Like, come on, man. Yeah. He's got a, a film critic in a negative role as like a villain, mm-hmm. or not a villain, but like an asshole. Yeah, just a dickhead. Yeah. And he's the guy who writes the book that saves the world. What the fuck? Dude, come on. Yeah, get over yourself. And then immediately after that, the happening occurred. Yeah. And killed him for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And then uh, the visit kind of brought him back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Split brought him back for good. Glass set him back a little bit. And now hopefully these two will... (laughs) I think we covered like all of his movies. Did we touch on all? We didn't didn't talk about After Earth. I guess we don't ever have to do an M. Night uh, podcast. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah. Apparently a podcast on him only takes, what, five minutes? <laughs> Here's a couple good ones. Here's some shitty ones. <laughs> Here's <Right>. the hoping. <laughs> you know he ghost wrote uh, Toy Story? What? He did some rewrites on Toy Story, the first one. I didn't know that. Yeah. And Stuart Little. <laughs> Weird, but yeah, he did a couple uh, kids oh, movies. like Stuart Little. Not under his name because he didn't want to freak people out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan, writer of Toy Story, a children's... Uh, no, it doesn't work. Yeah, Joss Whedon wrote the screenplay. Like A lot of people were involved in that. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. M. Night. I hope... I'm gonna... If they're good, I'll see them. I'll probably see them no matter what, just in hopes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I very much tend to go by the Rotten Tomato score when it comes to this guy. Yeah. I made an exception fair. for Glass because I was really excited. Same. Yeah. And I, I got they were, they were right... It was good. It was good. It just wasn't great. It wasn't there quite. Yeah. The whole third act makes no fucking sense, and that really hurt. But that's for the future. We'll do that. We'll save that. <laughs> I have a lot to say there. According to several sources, and I can't confirm this, but this is what I've heard. Sony may have reopened negotiations with Disney over Spider-Man rights. Yeah, I keep seeing that. Yeah. Reports say that Sony has now offered Disney 30% of the rights to Spider-Man, as well as Venom's inclusion in the MCU. No word yet on Disney's response, or if this is even true. Yeah. We can only hope. Yeah. And I bet Disney doesn't take it. <laughs> this is very much an all or nothing when it comes to... I was going to say 30 is too low. Disney wants 50, or they can fuck off. Ugh, I hate this so much. It's fucking frustrating. I really... We, we need this to come to an end. We need... I want... Yes. <laughs> Why? So annoying. Why did you take this from us? I don't know, man. Ugh, everything was perfect. We had all of it going. X-Men was back. Fantastic Four were back. Everyone was home. And then Spider-Man gets taken away. Spider-Man got kidnapped. Yep. God damn it. Next up, Robert Downey Jr. will be reprising his role as Tony Stark for one final time in 2020's Black Widow movie. 
<laughs> well, it's cool. I wish they hadn't told us. Yeah, but, but they had to just because that's going to be like, oh, well, now everybody's going to have to see the Black Widow movie if, if Iron Man's going to be there again. See, I think most Marvel fans were already going to see the Black Widow movie. Most Marvel fans, but people. People. People, it, people. No, it, it, proved, yeah, you're it right. proved with Captain Marvel. Yeah. It had a girl in it, so not as many people went to see it. That made over a billion. But, I mean, and compared to other Marvel movies, that's not what they're, they're going for. <laughs> Damn, they're aiming too high now. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think that's, that's, a, that's just a power move. Like, you have to see this now, because he's in it. I know, I just, I wish it had been oh, a surprise. Yeah, I was going to see it no matter what, because I, I thought they should have made this years ago. I couldn't wait to see Black Widow. She's one of my favorite characters, but I feel like for, for some people that's going to be like, oh, now I have to go see it in theaters, you know. Those people who were maybe waiting to see it on DVD are like, no, no, I have to go. Because he, he's dead. i got to see him, you know. Yeah. He's dead. I wonder how they're going to do that. I don't know. It's going to be a big deal, though. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see, like, what, how that unfolds. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. How, how much is he actually going to be in it? You know, is he going to be like, oh. I bet it's a cameo. It's like, so, uh, like. I mean, this takes place in, what, the 80s? Yeah. Like, way before Black Widow knew any of these people. Mm-hmm. And they met in Iron Man 2 yeah when she's like faking his sec- like pretending to be his secretary yeah so I don't think he's gonna have that big a role uh but we'll see he'll be there though yeah finally Marvel has taken the first steps toward introducing the X-Men into the MCU by announcing that their first choice for Magneto is Oscar winner Denzel Washington very intriguing oh yeah I'd be on board for that, absolutely. <laughs> Denzel? I'd yeah. love to see a Denzel. I've been waiting for Denzel to jump into this superhero <laughs> shit, because everyone's doing it. All these great actors are doing it. It's like, yeah, come on, Denzel, join the, <laughs> join the party. And Magneto, what a great role for him, too. I know, I know. That'd be so cool. So I guess they would kind of, and this is just my assumption, since Magneto's traditionally a Jewish villain who has Holocaust ties, Yeah. I wonder how they would mess with that. With Denzel, yeah. Yeah. Because surely they will. Make They'd probably it, tie it to the civil rights movement. Make it applicable to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which would still work for the character. Which is also really cool. I actually think that would be awesome. Yeah. Ah, that's great. And their second choice is Giancarlo Esposito of Breaking Bad and the upcoming Star Wars series The Mandalorian. So either way, we're going to get a fucking great Magneto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Giancarlo. Yeah. Gus Fring. I will kill your infant daughter. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> man. Gus! Oh, boy. <laughs> Gustavo. <laughs> now, when we, when, uh, because we know, you know, there's a certain movie, El Camino coming out. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, we're going to do a yes. something related for that, right? Absolutely. For the people? Okay. You kidding me? Yes. Great. Will that be the first time you really talk about a TV show? We are going to have to. With yeah. All right. <laughs> major spoilers for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul for that episode. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. But, I mean, if you're listening to that, if you. Uh, Odds are, if you're listening to that episode, you've seen the movie, which means you've seen the show. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. Which, which there, there's just very few people I know anymore who have not seen Breaking Bad. I know. Because it's, it's been on Netflix for years now. It's a crazy cultural... It's been on, it's been on Netflix yeah. for six years since it, it... It ended six years ago now. God damn. Isn't that crazy? Where like, does the time go? I know, man. Jesus. I'm so excited. See, because we have Better Call Saul, it feels like it never ended. Yeah, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably why it... Yeah. Oh, oh man! And Better Call Saul. Can you guys put those damn episodes out? I'm ready. It's like the only show I really, really like adore on TV right now, and it's. How does it take like three months to it... film The Walking Dead, but like a year and a half to yeah. film Better Call Saul? <laughs> maybe maybe time means quality. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because make... The Walking Dead's just like yeah, let's just get this shit, <laughs> really, get this yeah. shit out there, man. <laughs> uh, season what eleven now? I don't even nine ten, 10? yeah. yeah. Crazy man! Congrats to them though. That's that's incredible to, to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. AMC is a fucking gold mine for TV. Yes, it is. Do you think? Do you think there's gonna be? They're gonna have the intro music like the the classic Breaking Bad on El Camino. It was in the preview. Absolutely. So you think it'll be like? Uh, yeah, I just can't wait. They're to gonna see. do some kind of opening credits. I can't wait to yeah. see how that how that. Works. This is gonna be. This is a movie for Breaking Bad fans. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is going to be nuts. I cannot wait, man. I'm giving it a ten, and I haven't seen it. Yet. <laughs> I could hate it. <laughs> it could be terrible, but I'm giving it a ten. My expectations couldn't be fucking higher. 
<laughs> See, my expect. I'm just so excited to be there again, to be in New Mexico and to be in Vince, Vince Gilligan's head ABQ, again. To get to see Jesse after all that shit. It's going to yeah. be great. And who knows, yeah, who knows who else we'll see. Everybody. Obviously, we see Pete and Badger. Dude, the know. flashbacks here are going to be insane. I bet everybody who was ever involved is going to have a bit part At in some point, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, that's all for this week, listeners. Thanks to everyone who's helped us get to nearly 500 listens on Podbean. Hell yeah. Thank you. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I hope you're enjoying the show. Yeah, for sure. We're just going to keep improving it and enjoying ourselves. That's really what it's all about here. Just yeah. revisiting horror classics and learning new things. That's, yeah, that's really... And, and revisiting, I think, a movie like Drag Me to Hell because, you know, Connor and I do, we do a lot of, like, classics. Like, you know, we've done, you know, Jaws and The Shining and stuff like that From that's older. We just did The Omen last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are older films that everybody... This is a movie that came out ten years ago that's just gotten forgotten a little bit and we get to rehash it and revisit it. And we both we both literally forgot how scary it was. Yeah. Um, with those other classics, it's harder to forget because they're they're so like in your head all the time. With but the individual episodes, we want to try to you know have a healthy balance of classics, but also yeah. some cult stuff that a lot of people might not know about. For sure. It doesn't really matter the decade at all. It could be from last week. It could be from the 1940s. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And Drug Me to Hell is a great example of just yeah us kind of broadening our, our minds um, and going back and watching something that, that is truly scary. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. Love love Drag Me to Hell. Definitely go check that out I'll be, uh, you know, if, you, if you haven't seen it before. And next week is, of course, Weird Shit Wednesday. Can't wait. And it's time to send in the clown. Don't miss episode 30 next week with the Joker. And until then, don't piss off old gypsy women, and try not to be a dick in any way that can make you the victim of a curse. Stay cool, everybody.